talking and it don't make sense Tell me what it's all about The truth is stranger the closer you get To the who, what, where, when, how Absurd is the word, guess what I heard Absurd is the word, guess what I heard Guess what I heard Guess what I heard Hey, and welcome to Know What I Heard. Um, On this episode, I'm going to be talking with Tanya Reynolds, who is an amazing singer-songwriter out of Nashville, Tennessee. She's also one of my good friends and one of the funniest people that I know. Tanya and I met in 2003 when I first moved to Nashville. She actually trained me on my first job when we both worked at a bar called The Stage on Broadway. You may have seen her on the 2013 season of The Voice. She was actually on Shakira's team until she got hosed big time. Um, But anyway, uh, there's actually a few things that I should mention about this episode episode. Number one, Tanya is in Nashville. I am not. Uh, So we had to record this interview over Skype. So I apologize that the quality of the audio is not studio grade. Number two, Tanya has a dog named Hank, aka Howlin' Hank. You'll know why during this episode. And number three, I have goats. These things will all make more sense as you listen, but thought that I should point them out. So here's the interview with Tanya. Enjoy. Oh, wait. Oh. Ah, I see you. Do you see me? Hang on. Okay, so if I hit, does that work? Yes, I see you. Ah, What's hello. Working on my website. I'm so bad at this shit. Can you hear me well? Because I'm just on my phone. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear me okay? Mm-hmm. Huh? <laughs> no, it sounds good. But are you cool with having me play a couple of your songs? Yeah, totally fine. Yeah, no, I'm fine. Like, I'm not worried about any of that stuff. It's, okay. Know. Yeah, no, that's totally cool. Good. I mean, I'd like to get sued right away. That would be <laughs> that would, Yeah, that's a nice kick in the pants to start with. I like <laughs> no, I don't give a shit. I mean, honestly, if it's like when you think about, you know, like big artists that take their shit off Spotify or whatever, and they're like, well, you know, we're not getting paid. And I understand that, which when you're at that level, that makes sense. But like, if you're just, you know, trying to make music and, and get it out there, then I feel like that's sort of par for the course is to have, you got to play it somewhere, right? Right. Like, yeah. Very true. But yeah. I, yeah. I just wanted to be sure. I didn't want to be like, yeah, play some songs. And then you'd be like, no. Like. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm not doing that. I'm like a goat for my (laughs) compensation. I can hook you up. What can you imagine? Yeah, I just show up. I'm like, thank you. (laughs) That would be like, Hank would be like, what the fuck? What is happening? There's a goat now? Yeah. Seriously? God, my God. We have one that her mom didn't take her. And so she was like, literally in our house like a dog diapers the whole fucking bit her name's evie is she still no 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 once she was big enough we put her out with the other goats but she's still like if you go out and sit down she'll like curl up in your lap and take a nap oh my god i love it 
Yeah. I, I love. So I'll send you her. Oh, okay, that's fine. She's already she's already love trained. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> you laugh, but like a couple days from now, your doorbell's gonna ring and be like, I. <laughs> you know that I would be like fine with it. I really, really would. I would be fine. I have a gun okay. now. It's fine. Okay. Well, I'll bring her down. Ooh, that was a good one. <laughs> There he is. It's like, it's like, uh, time to to fuck out, guys. Before DHL rolls through here with a (laughs) a fucking goat. I could make it happen. Uh, I know you could. I believe that you could. If anybody can, I think you would do it. I mean, if I I leave right now, I can be down there tonight. Yeah. And when I started all this, my hope was that I would actually, like, be able to get down there and, like, maybe do this in person but covid you know fuckers i know it really is fuck up some shit didn't it yes like like let's not start with that <laughs> this episode is going to be just kind of about just songwriting because i think that a lot of people enjoy music and they listen to songs but they don't necessarily know or appreciate what goes in to writing a song sure. and so kind of just wanted to talk about that because I I worked for a publishing company when I lived down there and it kind of blew my mind like just some of the, the politics which we don't have to get into but just that it was like hey Monday you're gonna write with so and so write a hit and it was just like they've never even met like how does that even happen Sometimes I'm not sure how that happens at all because, I mean, and I've done, I did that for so long where it was anywhere from three to five days a week and you are, that's it. You get up to start at 10 a.m., which first of all, in my world, doesn't exist really 10 a.m. I mean, it exists, but it doesn't exist on a level of thinking clearly. So, you know, I sort of come alive at night, which is the artist in me, but you do that. You show up and I think it's a, a repetition sort of thing where you get used to that process and you get used to having to like get yourself together by then. But that doesn't mean you're going to hit, you know, I mean, I could sit in a room with Hillary Lindsay, one of the greatest songwriters in Nashville, and we could come up with nothing, you know, but just because she's this amazing songwriter, it just depends on your, your chemistry. And if you don't have that, it's probably not going to happen anyway. So I think um, finding people that you jive with, I think is the best sort of way to do it because and then and book around that. That's what I learned is to find who I write best with and when is the quality coming out. And when that happens, to try to repeat that as often as possible. Um, and I got burnt out and I quit doing a lot of those writes and I just sort of stuck with the people I was getting good songs with. And sometimes that goes against you because some people aren't willing to play a song for their artists because you don't have a name behind the song. And that, again, that's where the politics comes in. But some people don't care, but it's few and far between. But I think now, to get a song cut, there's a couple ways, and a couple ways only. And that is to either already have a huge name for yourself, or having written a song with the artist. Um, and very few people are getting publishing, date, publishing deals these days because they're just too expensive for the publisher. And that's why everything stays in-house, I feel like, you know? Um, my music certainly I don't think would stand a chance in today's radio, which is fine because it's not really what I do anyway. 
I think if it finds its way to somebody, it's going to be a very organic process. And I'll just be really grateful for that. And if it doesn't, you know, I just keep doing what I'm doing. But as far as writing a song, you have to have some sort of depth to it or thought behind it as the artist, as the person writing it, or else you're going to come up with a bunch of fluff, which, again, could work for you. But generally, just getting up to write a hit at 10 a.m. is not always going to get you a hit. And it rarely does. Right. There's so much more behind that. Um, I know that most of the people that I know who have huge hits uh, have written with people that they have chemistry with. And whether that was at 10 a.m. or 2 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, you know, that's that's totally different for every person. Um, right. But I never want to do that again. I don't want to be, I don't want to force myself to write for the sake of writing. I think that you lose the, the passion and the fire and whatever's behind that. I would have never written Ghost Town had I had an appointment that day. Even if I was going to write that song that day and if that was going to come out of me, it probably wouldn't have come out of me at 10 a.m. in the morning with somebody else. It just came out of me by myself. So you can't expect yourself that. You can't expect magic just because you show up, in my opinion. Yeah, for I sure. Wish. I wish. I'd be like, hey, 10 a.m., I'm here. <laughs> right. Let's do this. Let's yeah. pump out some yeah. hits. Yeah, I just, I'm a hit machine. Yeah, look at us. Yeah, it just kind of blew my mind because it was it was just like, yeah, get in there. Like, you better come yeah. out with a hit in an hour. It was just, it was so forced. It just felt weird. And then they'd come out and hand me a mixtape like an hour later, and it was just like, cool. Yeah, well, like, and when you listen to those songs, were you nine times out of ten blown away or nine times out of ten like, eh, okay. I mean, how many of those times did you think that was a massive hit? Oh, very rarely. It was just kind of like, cool, there's another song for the books. Like, you get to stay on the payroll, but it was worthless, you know? You can write write a thousand songs, and if none of them ever see the light of day, what was the point of that? If, If you don't love those songs. If you love those songs, that's another thing. But if you're just like, I just wrote this because I'm meeting the quota, what joy is there in that? Yeah, it's like I maybe I'm living my life wrong as a 37 year old, but I don't every Friday night like get my paycheck and get beer and go down by the river in my cutoff shorts and drink <laughs> beer with friends. And that's like what every right. goddamn song is about. And I, I understand that there's like just catchy like sing along songs and you know, everybody enjoys some of those just because they're fun, but they're just so stupid. And so it's, I can't relate to it, but like every person is just like, woo, like that's everybody's life. And I, it doesn't make any sense, but I just don't get it. There's, if there's a song that like, I went 16 blocks and didn't remember going through them. Cause I was like really paying attention to the lyrics of a song. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it's about, and that's what I appreciate. Not another summertime fucking river anthem. Oh yeah, and I'll tell you a million times. You can look and you can see what they're cutting that month, and and the publishing companies will say we're looking for, you know, heartfelt or this or blah 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 blah. And, you know, no more songs about trucks. Blah, blah, blah. And then what comes on the radio? The next number one hit, the same fucking song that you already heard. It's yeah. just the way it is. Because they're they don't want to lose their jobs. They they want to make whatever money is coming in. They want to, they don't want to rock the boat. And so what doesn't rock the boat? The same 
shit over and over. Yeah. It's just all regurgitation. Yeah. People dancing on their tailgates in the moonlight. It, Who fucking does it, that? It's duh. I don't even know. Like, I mean, I, I had my share of bonfires when I was in high school. Yeah, I drank beer in the woods, but that's been there, done that. Like, now, no. I'm 40 years old. I'm doing some other <laughs> shit, all right? Right. Like, it's like 2020. Yeah, 2020 comes on at nine, okay? Oh, yeah. That's a big deal to me. That's a big deal to me. And yeah. I have to be there for that. <laughs> but like, what 2020 shows you is a whole other thing of what's going on in life, and it's not tailgates and that bullshit. Right. Yeah, it's just I'm, such a false, like, I, know. I don't know, representation of adulthood. And I don't know why everybody's just so, like, fuck yeah about it. And, and everybody's very concerned about having to prove that how country they are. And I'm not really sure that their depiction of country is what country actually is, to be honest with you. I mean, it's it's just sort of this fluffy idea of falling in love in the woods. And I don't, I don't <laughs> like, like you said, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, there's so much more to life. People, that's, people respond to my songs if I play them live or whatever. They only respond to things that they have been through because you know, that's all that makes sense to them. And, you know, if I sing about, like my song, Hey Mama, that I just released, you know, that's about being far away from your family, you know, missing them. I wrote it for my mom's birthday two years ago on January 11th, and I was actually freshly divorced after that. <laughs> it was a year where it was abnormally freezing, like it wasn't getting better, and I was just going through some you know, melancholy moments, and um, <laughs> thinking about her and what I was going to do for her birthday, I didn't have any money, and I was like, well, I'll just write her a song. You know, and I, I just thought it's, it's going to be like this little ditty that whatever, be cute. My mom, it's your mom. She's going to like it no matter what, you know. And then it ended up being something, one of my favorite songs I've ever written. And it was so raw and honest and real about how I felt in the moment. Um, and also just sort of to let her know how much I missed her and that, you know, I, I realized that I'm, I'm not perfect and I don't always do everything right. I know that I make her worry about me a lot, you know, um, but not on purpose, of course. But just to let her know how much I loved her, and, and it just ended up coming out like a actual, like a real song, not just a little lullaby. So um, I was really happy about that. And then I got together with um, Kevin Key, who you know, who, Kevin mm-hmm. Key's been here forever, a uh, phenomenal guitar player. And then Kevin Post, who plays guitar for Blake Shelton, he plays with me sometimes. And he did play Steel on it. And then Travis Mobley played some keys, and, and we just kept it really sparse and simple because i think sometimes if you want to hear the lyric you have to be able to hear the lyric and i I didn't want it to be too clouded with crap and instruments just to make it you know just to make it a full song it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to have a lot of bells and whistles to hit you in the heart and i think that's what this song was about but it's called hey mama and you can stream it everywhere other than google play apparently that's what i've been told i don't know i thought i put it on everything it's everywhere else. I feel like, you know, you can pretty much find it. Um, and it's also, you can hear it on my website, tanyarhythms.com. Hey, mama. I hope this finds you well. Ain't much going on with me Got no breaking news to tell Hey, mama I'm just checking in I've been running myself ragged Going, blowing like the wind 
sometimes life's good sometimes it's shit and and everybody's got someone they miss and I think if you tell the truth about that and you say how that really feels and and that no matter how boring that truth is if you can write you can write it the right way you can write it in a way that makes sense to somebody else Mm because life is not always exciting you know it's just not it mostly blows but you can always find a way to make it to put something around it that that makes people understand that you know it's not it's not all shit and that we can make something good out of it and, and if right. it is shit then say it is you know say what it is I don't think there's yeah. anything wrong with that and that's what I mean and I know a, not a, everybody like really kind of dissects a song like like some people do that truly like appreciate music and a song that you just kind of if it's catchy you like it whatever but I just like really appreciate just something that like you said that you can connect with or even, you know, there's times that I'm like, wow, that was like the most perfect way to say that. Like how I'm feeling, you just said that perfectly. And you can just kind of get lost in it. And it's... Right. I think there's it, always, that's why songwriters exist, um, you know, is because sometimes you can't always say what you feel. And 
sometimes somebody else can do that for you. And that's what songs are. I think that's why they're amazing because they're relatable and it's universal. Hurt, pain, love, happiness, it's all universal, no matter what language you speak. And and there's a time for those silly songs. And there's, there's definitely always room for that. And we need that. I think everybody needs something to be uplifted by, but, but there's a way to say all of it. And I think there's a different way than what we're just getting on country radio than to sing about being happy. You can sing about drinking in many ways. It doesn't have to be like that. You know what I mean? Right. I think yeah. it's just, it's just sort of beating a dead horse at this point. Yeah. It feels like, but, but you know, you're not going to change that. If they're making money, that's what it's going to be. And that's okay. We just, the rest of us that are doing, wanting to do something have to just keep doing it and keep pushing it and hope that people keep trying to dig for the good stuff. Yeah. yeah, but it's it sucks because I, having lived in Nashville, it's like, I, I mean, honestly, there's really not much on the radio today that I listen to, but mm-hmm. like having lived there and seeing you and Eric Landis and other people that are just these amazing songwriters and then hearing just the shit on the radio is frustrating. It's not fair, like that you guys aren't the voices that are being heard and the the lyrics that are out there for people to connect with. And it is, it's just like the same old crap. Um, it's, it's just not fair. You know that. So I'm sorry. It's frustrating. I think, and there was a time where I got really, really, really disheartened by it so much so that I didn't write for like a year. And this was not even that long ago, to be honest with you. And then I went through a divorce and all of those things compounded. And, and I think when you're in the middle of something, sometimes for me as a writer, it's hard to write when you're in the center of it because you really don't know what your feelings are and how to sort through them at, the, at that moment for me. And so it takes me a minute to have to look back. Um, but then when I when I looked back at, you know, I could blame blame country radio, I could blame Nashville, I could blame a record exec, I could blame a million people. But the truth is, is that people are, are going to eat up what you give them. And they have to have choices. And if they don't, it's really not their fault. They're just sort of being fed something. And um, all I can do is go, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm not going to chase anything because by the time I chase something, it's going to turn into something else. And then I'm too late anyway. So I'm just going to be who I am and then try to put, you know, we're lucky with technology and like what you're doing right now and Facebook and all these things. There's a way to put yourself out there and not have to depend on anybody else. It's harder. It's a longer road, but it's out there. So once I went back at it and just went, you know what? I'm just going to do my thing. I was so much happier. And I quit writing appointment-wise just to write. I started writing with people that I met because I liked them or I liked what they did. And that started to make so much more sense to me. And writing by myself again was like starting to trust myself to write by myself because I didn't think I was good enough. You know, I had been writing with all these other writers for so long that I was put with and thought, you know, I'm only getting these songs because they're good writers. But I started to trust myself even more. And then really, really cool things started to come out of that. Things I didn't know were in me. And then you always think, oh, that's going to be the last good thing I've ever written. I'm never going to write anything good again. You know, and then maybe it's a while and maybe maybe it's a couple months and then you write something else that you really love. But you just have to trust yourself in the process. And I think if you start thinking about all those other things, you're just going to be pissed off and jaded like most of us are. Um, and like I was for a long time, but I got over it. I mean, I think it sucks and I still have my opinions, uh, but everybody does, but I'm still going to do what I do and I'm going to be happy about it. And I'm not going to let it get me down because honestly, I would move from this town. If I was still in that mindset, I would have left. I would have left already because I've been so pissed off. But what is that really doing for me? Zero. Right. 
But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a real shit show, but I'd rather not be a part of that if that's all it's going to be. So I can still live and breathe and work in this space of Nashville and not have to do that. I'm not going right. to force myself to be a part of anything. Yeah. Well, somebody who likes your music, I'm glad that you didn't sell out and Thanks. <laughs> start. Yeah. I mean, just like just to do it full time to write songs that you don't that aren't you isn't worth it. That's so. no, it's not. It's not fun either. And I think like there's probably a bunch of songs in my back catalog that are really, really like in that department. Something I would never do, or maybe one day we were writing for somebody. Because I've done that a million times with people. Um, but, and if somebody comes along and wants to record that stupid song, whatever that song might be, <laughs> sure, have at it. You know, I'm just not going to do it. But it's right. there if you want it. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to not gonna pass up an opportunity like that. But yeah. I'm certainly not going to go chasing something that I'm not. So do you have a preference, like writing alone or writing with other people? Yes, I prefer to write alone. Um, and I, I think... Which used to scare me a lot. Um, but I think that I do now because, one, I've garnered more confidence after all these. I mean, I've been here for almost 18 years. Um, and had been put with a lot of really big writers and being intimidated, you know, beyond recognition. Uh, I've been in all those positions. And I've experienced all that. And I'm over all that. I don't care anymore. Um, but learning, like I said, to trust myself as a writer. And, and then learning to trust my instincts knowing that the music is already there and that everything that I need to create a song, to create a great song, is already there. So it's a matter of being able to tell myself or say out loud a line that I would never say if I was in a co-write. Because there's so many things that you get nervous about. And especially with, if you're with somebody that you look up to and you might have this idea and you don't want to say it because you're like, what if it's stupid? And you don't say it. And that might have been the great idea. That might have been... Right what you should have said that might fit up with the song needed and you don't do that. And so when you're alone, there's something really, really raw and open about that, that you can't even lie to yourself about anything. You just sort of, it just becomes the most real it can possibly be. And for me, that's cathartic and it, it relieves something inside of me. It's, it is therapeutic. And so not only do you get therapy out of it, but you also hopefully get a great song, but at least yeah. you get the truth and you get something honest and you get something a true original and you're not trying to write it for any reason other than to write that song so what's kind of your process do you find that like do you try to make yourself write ever or do you just write when it comes to you I go through phases sometimes I feel like if I'm not writing every day or trying to write every day that I may be wasting talent or I'm wasting time but then if I sit down and there's nothing happening I'm not going to force myself because it's just going to be a bunch of shit anyway. So I tend to sort of just let the muse take over. And, and no matter where I am, like if I'm in the shower, I'm like, oh, I have this melody or whatever. Um, I generally tend to write more like that if it comes to me. Um, or I have a book of hooks. And that's, you know, just a normal thing you'll always have because they're just ideas. And sometimes they're nothing. And sometimes I'll be in the mood. You know, it might be the middle of the night. And I'm like, I want to crack a beer, light a candle, and write a song. Like, just by right. Which, by the way, is highly underrated. Um, and so, like, sometimes I'll, if I'm in that mood and I'm not, like, I don't know what I'm going to write, I'll, it's a great time to go through all my ideas and just grab one and then roll with it. And then if that one's not working or the melody's not coming, then I try a new one or whatever. And then if it doesn't work, I just get drunk and go to bed. But 
other than that, yeah, I mean, I just, for me, it's just all about the moment, feeling it or coming or just an idea hitting you. Like with Ghost Town, the melody just struck me and the words kind of came out and wrote itself within like, I don't know, 25 minutes. But, and that was one of the fastest songs I've ever written. And I think because all of those thoughts were already in my head, they just sort of put themselves together at some point without me even really knowing it. Who, I guess, are your biggest influences? Like if you, if you could write a song with anyone, who would you? I've thought about this so many times. It's interesting because over the years, it sort of changes, but in the end, all the same people would still be someone I would want to write with. I used to, Kelly Willis is a huge, huge influence of mine. I just love her style. I think when you hear a Kelly song, you know it's a Kelly song. Um, and she's got a lot of Texas influence, which usually would not be sort of my thing. But but when I hear when I hear her, I'm just like that. I don't know because she's different. Uh, Rodney Foster also huge influence, uh, which was cool. I got to do a duet with him, but we've never written together. Um, I'm saving that for like pull that one out that favor <laughs> out later. Uh, super. I don't. He's just got something about him. I don't know what it is. You just hear a song and it just fits you. So I would love to write with him. There are, actually, Hillary Lindsay would be a, a really one that I would love to write with, but she uh, she and I actually were friends before, and we talked about writing, and then, you know, she just has a lot going on. Uh, so, but I think I think that would be a really cool fit, just because she is not afraid to say anything. Even though she's, she writes a lot of pop hits and Carrie Underwood and all that stuff, she also writes a lot of cool shit that nobody's heard. Things that, like, I've thought about cutting before, and, you know, like, she wrote I'll Be Your Whiskey, and there's, she's just got this thing about her that she can kind of write anything, and I, I love somebody who's not afraid to just say whatever the hell they want to say, and not worry about people going, oh my god, you went too far, like, that's bullshit. Right. Who cares? Because in life, that's the way it is. And my ultimate, my ultimate favorite songwriter, honestly, is Merle Haggard, and I think there's something about old school country music that just clicks in me and it just turns on this part of me that I don't know where it comes from and whether it's that I'm an old soul or what I don't know what it is but he knows how to and basically he sings his words and because he does both he sings what he writes and he's lived what he writes that turns me on in a way it's sort of like somebody that can be truthful and honest about who they are even when it's really 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 dark or or not doesn't paint you in the best light and that's what he did and he did it no matter what. And so he's probably my ultimate favorite. And his melodies were phenomenal. So those would be my three, I think, or four, I think, four, yeah. So. Are there any artists, like, currently that you would want to record your stuff or that you feel like your styles kind of are close or might mesh a little bit? Um, yes. I don't know if our styles would be close. I mean, I guess that would be sort of, for the listener to decide and I mean because when I think of myself I don't really even know what my style is I just think it's I would call it like a singer songwritery thing but I don't know what who would you with that who that would be compared to specifically yeah but I would want some older artists to cut my songs honestly and maybe that's just like the nostalgic in me but like you know like Trisha Yearwood or Reba would be my ultimate dream just because she's my hero and then I think it would be cool to have like a Shenandoah cut or so I don't know oh, I just yeah. really that's that's just sort of my, as far as new artists, I don't listen to much radio, so I don't really know who's out there. Like Lucy Silvis, I don't know if you've heard of her, but she's mm-hmm. also a really great writer. Um, but there's just not a lot of artists these days that really just make me go, my song would sound great on them. Maybe Leanne Womack, right. 
you know, I think I think her voice would be very fitting for a lot of my stuff. Miranda Lambert, maybe. Honestly, I don't like I, when you think of me. I don't I don't know if you think of any artist that's really prominent right now that would make any sense. But uh, yeah, it'd probably be somebody from the nineties. <laughs> yeah, because I think like for me, if I were to kind of compare you, if I was trying to explain you to someone, <laughs> I guess um, like Cam. I really. Oh yeah, I, I think that's funny that you say that because a lot of people had asked me when Burning House came out. They're like, "Did you write that song?" And I was like, "No, but thank you for the compliment. I will take that as a compliment because that's that makes sense. You're right. I'll take yeah, that. yeah. Because yeah, be there's be great. she has songs that like are kind of those like stop you dead in your tracks, so, you know, songs, and you're just right. like, damn, okay. And like Brandy Carlisle, another just like Love Brandy, great songwriter that just kind of blow my mind a little bit and just yeah she would blow anybody's mind she would be somebody amazing to write with i feel like cheryl crow anybody in that band mm-hmm. would be such such i think that would that would be fitting probably more so for me than any country artist right now yeah cam's a good one though that i never think about that yeah call. thanks you're welcome <laughs> uh, so you obviously are a singer too but do you get more joy out of singing and performing or out of writing or is it kind of uh it really depends but at this at the same time if i like if you're asking me like if i could only do one um i would have to say probably write because i can sing to myself (laughs) i can you know i can write and sing at the same time um i don't know if i would if i could survive this world without writing and i can always sing you know find a way to get my voice out uh, but but when when I'm in the studio singing, there's something about that that's really sacred to me that always brings a feeling like I don't want to leave here. I don't want to leave this place. I love being in the studio, but I also love just a super intimate live show. Okay? I love the connection you make. And I know it sounds funny, but that's why I love playing at Margarita, though, <laughs> because the way that it's set up in Nashville is that it's not this big long room which I play a lot of huge rooms where you're not connecting to people you know and you're not close enough and that's what I love about that space is that you can be right there with people and that's how I've made so many new friends and people that I play for on the road from those intimate moments so I don't know writing and live and studio are just like they're right there even with me but man I guess I prefer writing that's just because I can I can do both at the same time. <laughs> yeah, because it's like like a would you rather situation. Like, would you rather only be able to like play covers when you perform, or only have your songs performed like your songs you've written performed by other artists? Right. Uh, I would rather have the 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 latter because. Because I can always keep creating songs. And so if other people are going to do them, that's great. That's awesome. I love that. And it's a huge compliment. And um, and that would mean that I was making money. <laughs> so there's also that. I don't think I could ever for the rest of my life just do covers. I would. There's no way. There's, I mean, and I do a lot of that already. But uh, thankfully, a lot of the places I play let me do whatever I want. So I'm not pigeonholed into just that. So thank God. Because yeah. I, I, I don't think I could do it. I just don't. Plus, I don't even know enough songs to do that. <laughs> Barely. But you've been, like, playing, you know, through this quarantine and stuff. You've been playing on Facebook Live a lot. And it's, like, the suggestions that come through, like, 
their majority original songs, which says a lot, you know, just about your songwriting and how people saw you in Nashville and from Michigan are like, play water balloons, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. Like that's, that's gotta be awesome that they came to Nashville. They weren't just like play these songs we've all heard a million times and they heard your song and they took it back with them are still following you and they want to hear your music. Yeah, it's shocking. It's surprising. And it just tells you that they don't really know me, I think. But, like, um, you know, it's cool that, like, like I said, you sit in a room and you don't know these people at all. And then by the end of four hours, you know, they're coming up to you and they're saying, I, we came in to eat dinner and then we never left. And then the next thing you know, you're having a conversation about going to playing their party at their house. And so then they're flying you out. And then all of a sudden you're doing it every year. And then they are buying your music. They want to hear more songs. And um, it just snowballs into something that you never thought, never, you know, you didn't expect. And it's just sort of a situation that makes me really grateful because that's where a lot of my living, me making a living comes from. Um, and so, yeah, and then you get on these lives, which I, I went kicking and screaming before I did the first one because it became this thing that everyone in Nashville was doing. And I was like, no, I don't want to do this. But then, you know, they're like, well, you probably won't work for a while. And and I thought, well, man, I hate the idea of begging for money, and I don't want to do that. And it took me a while to break down and do it. Um, but I'm really glad that I did. People responded in a pretty awesome way. And like you said, they asked for my original stuff. And there was one night where I think I played, like, three covers, uh, which was shocking. And it's so, it's so welcoming to go. People aren't taking the time out of their night to come and just sit with you and listen to you play and sing songs, which is shocking to me because I'm just in my living room and it's boring. Like I think it's boring, but you know, people are enjoying it. And so I love being able to connect with them. It's so much better than, um, like I said, going to a big venue and just like not even looking in each other's eyes, but I get to talk to people this way. And I've actually gotten more enjoyment out of it than I thought I would. I thought I would hate it. Because it's weird, like, after I finish the song, it's just silent. It's so strange. (laughs) Not that that's never happened at a show before, but (laughs) it's just, it's a different animal. But I'm weirdly getting used to it somehow. I don't know. Well, that's cool. It's it's good that we have the technology to make that possible. And it's nice on this end, too, that, like, when you've been in your house for two months, that you still get to, like, hear some live music. Yes. The atmosphere is different, but it's still nice to have that. So, but anyway, I don't know what, I guess, did you have some songs picked out that you wanted to, to play or that you had in mind that I didn't know if you wanted to like intro those or talk about them? The newest record. And that's called Watering Dead Flowers. This is a record that cost me a lot of money, (laughs) which is why I'm probably going to do singles from now on. But I'm really proud of this record for, a few reasons. One is I, I feel like the songs really sort of are a new level from where I was before. And again, this was post-divorce, but some of the songs were written just before and after. Most of them I wrote by myself. Um, a few of them I co-wrote. But I'm just really proud of the record, and I think it's it's a little more leaning toward alt-country, maybe. I don't really know what you call anything these days, to be honest with you, because everybody's got a different name for everything. But... Um, but the song I want to send you, it's called Black River Road, and uh, it's honestly about my sort of experience in Nashville. If you listen to the lyrics, you can hear where I'm about ready to leave. 
<laughs> and here where I'm sick of all the bullshit and where how all these people are coming into this town and, and I see them every day. All these newbies and these kids coming into town. And I can say that because I'm 40 now. They're coming into town and they are just so gung-ho and I'm just like, oh God, you just the shit you're about to go through is like you have no idea and I'm like they all want in and I just want out you know and, and right. the truth is I can I can still get out without having to leave because I love this city I, I do I love it so much and it's I've grown up here I feel like because I moved here when I was 22 so my experience is my adulthood has been here you know and so many different people and phases of the city and who knows what else to come
I've learned to live with a lot of the things that I thought were going to kill me. You know, I really, I have learned to live with them and I've learned to embrace them for what they are, use what I need and discard the rest. You know, and that goes for people too. <laughs> Quite honestly. Right. I love Black River. Yeah, I think it's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Yes, I mean that's the first song, you know, and I was like, ooh. ooh. When I when I heard it, I was just like, <laughs> well, I like it because it's got a little bit of edge to it, a little bit of grit. It's um, and it's again, I'm telling you the truth. I'm not sugarcoating, you know, like, oh, I love it here just to make people. I mean, I do love it here, but I also hate it here. There's so many things that go into that emotion, and and that song talks about that. So yeah, and that's the only way I know how to explain anything is to put it in a song. Right. Well, I mean, and it's just like you, millions of people go to Nashville every year, or any city, but like Nashville in particular is just music. Like it is about the music, and you go for a weekend and you walk around and you hear all these people sing and perform and you get drunk and then you go home, but it's like, you don't realize the heartbreak and just the hours that the people that just entertained you keep and that they might have a full-time job, but they're trying to play at night just to make some shit happen. And it's just like living there and having worked with so many people that were trying to make it and seeing that heartbreak and those, those hardships, it gives you a whole different perspective on the business and just kind of shooting for dreams. Like it's, it's not always pretty. Right. It's a gamble and you don't know. I mean, whatever, again, success is different to everybody. You know, that's a cliche of a saying, but it's true. And you know, people, my, the favorite thing that people say, and it used to irk me so much and it used to make me feel bad about myself. But then I just thought, you know, people don't know better. But what they do is they come in and they go, oh, my gosh, you're so amazing. You know what? One day, one day it, you're going to you're going to be OK. Things are going to happen. You're going to do what you want to do. And I'm like, like, it's so condescending, but they don't realize they're doing that. They're really trying to support you, but they just sound asinine. And the truth is. If you're doing that and making a living, then you're doing it. You know, whatever level of success you want to be, that's up to you. But if you are making a living and you're not, nobody else is paying your bills and you're busting your ass and you're happy doing whatever it is that you're doing at, if you're happy with that and you're, you're making a living, then you're doing it. You know, you're not, there's no, maybe one day you'll do it. You're doing it. You know, right. whatever level you want to be is up to you. And that's 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 to, for fate to decide and for the future to be. But but it's just funny. People just think, you know, that, oh, what do you really want to do in life, though? I've been asked that. So what do you want? What's your what do you really want to do, though? Like, what do you mean? I'm doing it. No, but like for a real job. <laughs> like, OK, but that, but that says a lot because I a real job. Then that must mean that you think this is my hobby and. In a way, that's kind of cool because that means I'm just having fun for a living, doing what I love. Right. But it's just people, people don't, they don't think before they speak for one, but they just don't realize any of it and they think they're being supportive and it's just condescending and, and rude and, but you get it a lot and it's, it's the way it is, you know, you either suck it up or let it get to you and I just laugh. Yeah. What else are you going to do? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. I know. Fuck them. Fuck, 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 fuck you guys. 
don't even care. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I that was like my question. Is there anything else you want to add or throw in there? I don't know. I, I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. I never. I would never know what to ask if I was asking people stuff. I don't know. Is there anything that should be added? What do people need to know? Um, definitely, like, wherever they can. I mean, I know it's kind of wonky right now with the quarantine, but, like, where they can check you out. Like on... Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you can always go to my website, tanyareynolds.com, T-A-W-N-Y-A, Reynolds, like the rap. Uh, and I try to keep my my everything updated on the the show tab, so you should be able to go there and always check that out. So when things do finally start to get back in swing, then you can see where I'll be. Also, if I do lives on Facebook, that's facebook.com/slash Tanya Reynolds Music, and you can either have it update you when the live's coming on, or just check it out and rewatch. I don't ever delete them, so you can always go back and check them out. Um, but you can follow me on there. I'm always on there. I usually I use that a lot. I'm not really a Twitter kind of gal. I don't even know the password anymore. Instagram though, at Tanya Reynolds one. I'm on there. Kind of everywhere that like, you know, thirty and above are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not on Snapchat. You're not uh, TikTok, and I don't even know what the fuck I'm, TikTok is. I'm not a TikTok, and you don't stop. Nope, that's not me. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Apparently, it's something like Vine. But not... I don't not, even know what that is. So... I don't know. Yeah. Instagram, Facebook, uh, website. And then stream. Spotify, Pandora. What's, what, what are all the main ones? You know. Uh, those were the ones... Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's all I know. YouTube. I know. I'm sure the kids would have more options. I don't know. I got nothing. Kids. Yeah, I don't have any of those. You're you're about yeah. to have a kid because I'm sending you a goat. I'm gonna have a kid. Oh my god! I'm now be my second child. Mm-hmm. I'm literally a kid. Yeah, because um, I'll be waiting for the knock on my door right there. Okay, go. <laughs> I'm like eighty percent like ready to just do it. Just oh my gosh, I'm gonna hold the goat. Can you send me a picture? Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm Easy, gonna right? send. Yeah, and I'm gonna send her with a GoPro on her head, so a I can. Yeah, <laughs> a GoPro, so I can capture the moment. the moment that you're like that bitch. <laughs> that would be elaborate, but I would really, really love it. I'm into it. And Hank's just like Hank is already like rolls his eyes at me daily, so it's okay. Oh, Hank. He's, a, he's about to be a big brother. Okay. Awesome. 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 But thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's fun. I'm glad we got to talk finally. Yeah, I know. (laughs) A long time. I know. I keep meaning to get down to Nashville and then I'm like, just something comes up. I'll be like, oh, we met definitely in the summer. And then, you know, this quarantine and everything hit. And it's just like, like hard. Just far enough to be hard, but close enough to be like, we could do it if we squeeze it. Like, yeah, I get it. But, yeah, so I just haven't been able to make it work. But I really plan on, but once travel's a little more doable, yeah. um, I, I will get down there. So okay. we'll have to have to meet up. Yes, we definitely will. I'll make it a point for sure. Okay. Well, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks.
All right, Jamie. Well, I love you. Bye. It's good to talk love to you. Love you. Yeah. All right, Jamie. Thank you so much. Okay. Will do. All right. Bye. Bye. Huge thank you to Tanya for taking the time to chat with me. It was awesome getting to catch up with you. It's been way too long. Thank you so much for writing the theme song for this podcast. I absolutely love it. Um, If you're in Nashville or if you're planning a trip down there, check out Tanya Reynolds. Look on her Facebook page. Look on her website. Figure out where she's playing and go see her perform live. I promise you will have a blast. She's amazing. Um, Also, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it so much. I hope that you're liking the podcast. It's a work in progress, but I really appreciate your support. If you do like the show, um, please rate, review, and subscribe or follow the podcast wherever you're listening. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify and TuneIn. Pocket Cast, Stitcher, CastBox, Google Podcasts, we're all over the place, Um, but it makes all the difference if you guys subscribe and can rate the show. Um, So if you can do that, it's greatly appreciated. Also, check us out on Facebook. We're at Know What I Heard Podcast. We're also always looking for show ideas. So if you have any, please add them to the page. Also, any questions or comments that you might have, feel free to post them on there. So yeah, just check us out. Subscribe. Reduce, reuse, recycle. It's also important. So again, thank you so much for listening. And hey, until next time, know what I heard?